Yeah. Yeah, can y'all hear me now? Trying to record this. Yeah, it is, um... What is the date? It's Wednesday, May 16th, 2018. And once again, it's another week where I'm trying to figure out why I can't uh, play anything out the Eurorack. And um, this is this is this is frustrating. This continues to be another problem. I'm like, I can't play anything. The thing that I need to uh, play music and whatnot is just I had I had music and then nothing. Wait a minute, what's going on here? Y'all, it. Yeah, this, I'm trying to see. What the hell is going on? I am moving stuff. You know, I was over at uh, Quantum Leap Radio on uh, Saturday, and uh, they're playing music quite well. So I don't know what the hell is going on. So y'all, y'all are watching uh, a work in progress. You, y'all ain't watching, listening to a work in progress because I am literally pushing buttons right now and just, now I'm just, yeah, I'm just don't know what the hell I'm doing, trying to figure out how to, now that's the loudest, this is the second week in a row. That the Euro rack isn't um, working, and uh, I mean, I'm I'm hearing, I'm kind of hearing music, but uh, I am not hearing. It. I I, sh- I should have. <sighs> Jesus, what the hell is going on in the station where I can't get anything going? Yeah, and just I know I know this is entertaining to y'all right now. Just grown man trying to figure out how to work the controls at a radio station that he's been uh, doing a show at for four months. I can talk about stuff since since the um, trolls aren't working. Um, R.I.P. to Marco Kidder, uh, who may not be the best, the best Lois Lane, was still at least the finest. Uh, yeah, she she. Uh, you're certainly a fine uh, a Wonder Woman. No, why say Wonder Woman? Jesus, it's Lois Lane. Yeah, she's Lois Lane. I was thinking of Linda Carter. Just uh, also R.I.P. to Tom Wolf. Uh, one of my influences growing up when I was a teenager. I wanted to be Tom Wolf really bad. You know, Red. You know, Bonfire of the Vanities. First, you know, he was a great writer, but he also 
uh, dressed like a pimp. So it's not, you saw like he, you know, had the white suit going on just with swagger all, all over the place. So, yeah. So, yeah, if, if you ever read, you know, I, I read his stuff like uh, also his old Esquire articles, you know, where he, he shined, you know, do that. If I hear one more story about some crazy white woman, um, calling up the cops because she saw a black person working or sitting somewhere or napping or having a get together on their property. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm going to lose it. Cause it's like, if that, if black people are not doing anything remotely criminal, just leave us alone. Like it's, it's crazy. Like Trump has made white people just feel all extra. And just like just calling up the cops, which I'm sure they they're happy to get uh, a call for something. Oh, hey, this this person, this black person is just is is on the ground, like doing what, and just oh, he's taking a nap. I'm like, and I'm sure the cops like, bitch, if you don't get off my phone with that nonsense, whatever. Just, ugh. Uh, or I just I just got off of my phone and I saw that there's this there's this dude uh, Aaron Schlossberg who apparently was complaining because two Spanish people were uh, having a conversation and he just got livid because he was upset that uh, you know this <laughs> that they were talking Spanish. I was like, is that it? I mean, white white people are really in their feelings right now. They really think they they run stuff. And because of that, they think they have uh they think they have the right to crack down on minorities who don't follow the uh, white people way, whatever the hell that is. Gotta, gotta adhere to the rules. <sighs> Jesus Christ. I am not a big fan of people right now. Um, let me look at my notes. See if the hell I could fill time with. Um... I just read about Mueller saying, uh, Mueller's camp saying they can't, uh, Mueller, Mueller's team told Trump's lawyers they can't indict a sitting president. Then, then what the hell are we doing? Like, I thought that was the whole point of what was happening. That, you know, at some point, uh, you know, we can finally get rid of this guy, but apparently, uh, according to Rudy Giuliani, because, of course, if you want to know what's going on in the White House, you go to Rudy Giuliani. 
And he said he told CNN all they get to do is write a report. And maybe, just maybe, you know, that might seem like something. So, yeah, we get to deal with uh, Trump and his shenanigans. Just, just, just making up stuff on the fly. It's like, it's like whose line is it anyway at the White House? Gonna make up facts and rules and lies and just <sighs> Christ's sake. Uh, what else? Um, yeah, Cardi B deletes her uh, Instagram over. And Azalea Banks beef, because if I believe, let me check, uh, well, it, Azalea, Azalea Banks said she's uh, uh, doing a radio interview. Uh, Azalea Banks called uh, Cardi B an illiterate, untalented rat, and a character of a black woman who had lowered the bar for female rappers. Look here, I'm not a big Cardi B fan, but, you know, she, she you know, she's not telling... Uh, you know, you know, black women to just hoe up and just sell their sell their coochie for you know whatever and just you know so like whatever they like you know as far as I can tell I I believe Bodak Yellow is the national anthem for women who like to uh, rap in their significant others' faces because I've seen plenty of women just just rap the lyrics to that song in their boyfriend's face. So I, I'm assuming that's like a huge empowering anthem for them. So, yeah, so, um, and, and, and furthermore, why do people still listen to Zelia Banks? I mean, seriously, just, like, Zelia Banks is like the, the, the female J Electronica. Like she's just around. She, I don't know what she's accomplished. And then I listen to her music. Has she done music? Like what? What? Why do we care about what Azalea Banks think? I mean, just like every every six months, I hear about Azalea Banks getting the beef with somebody. I'm like, why? Why? Why y'all paying attention to her? Why just? This it, yeah, no, it just it just it just kills me. Just like the people like that, that that black folks still keep tabs on for some reason. So. Yeah, those those are my sinuses. Uh, get back in the notes. Oh yeah, I saw a book club last night, or as I like to call it, uh, old ladies need penis too. Um. Yeah, it was, it was crazy because it's like it was like a two-hour Sex in the City episode, which is which is strange when you think about it because like because isn't isn't the Golden Girls like Sex in the City for old women? Also, when you think about it, isn't um Sex in the City uh Golden Girls for old women? Bottom line, a lot of old old ass women talking about penis, and it was just funny hearing about seeing all these Academy Award winning actresses 
Like they like they like most of them like Jane Fonda got an Oscar and then and, and Diane Keaton got an Oscar, Mary Steenburg got and they're just basically doing nothing but penis jokes and just talk about how much they need penis. And just like Jane Fonda, just like she, cause she plays the whole of the group, and she did like, oh, girl, you need penis. Oh, here's this Viagra, girl, so you can, you know, give give it to your man, so you get that penis up. Like, you know, it's strange, cause like for the first time, like I actually felt comfortable seeing all these old ladies just talk about how they need penis all the time. Just, ah, oh, oh, penis. Mary Steenburgen can still get it, though. She can still get it. Always been a fan of Mary Steenburgen. Oh, uh, shout out to Yasmin the Fox in the hopes that she's listening to this monstrosity that's going on right now. I can't. I can't even access... Can I? I can't even access the internet on this friggin' thing on the computer. Yeah, on the hopes I can play music out of this. Oh, I finally get in the computer. That's good. Oh, hey, this is nice. Uh, the guest just came in. Um. Guess we'll just uh, bring them into the whole thing. Oh, by the way, you're listening to uh, the Sour Hour uh, on KPFT HD two, not three two. Um, my name is Craig D. Lindsay, aka Uncle Crizzle, aka Black Larry David, aka Anastasia Beaverhausen, aka Dark Bojack Horseman, aka Even Louder John Mulaney. And if you want to let me know how not well this show is going, um, you can uh, hit me up at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, Vine, uh, at Uncle Crizzle. Uh, if you want to let me know what you're listening, hashtag the Sour Hour. Yeah, I ain't going to do that. And also, uh, if you want to listen to this show or others, you know, this episode or the past ones that I've done. Um, you can uh, go to my Mixcloud page, mixcloud.com slash Uncle Crizzle. As once again, we played no music because I don't know what the hell's going on with the Euro Rack. And uh, so we're just going to get into the interview as always. Just with some Mikey. Came down to uh, come down and, and talk to me because I, I need people to talk to. Uh, we got a doozy of a guest this evening. Uh, he is a, a DJ. He has a, he uh, does a lot of uh, sh- uh, sets and uh, shows around the greater Houston area. Next to DJ Sun, I would, I would say he is one of the most popular DJs around. Uh, if you know DJ Sun is. Uh, and... Um, Got a lot of stuff going on this weekend. He's also an uh, ethnomusicologist, and he also has his own podcast, the uh, Flash Gordon Park Show. So uh, let's uh, talk to him. Flash Gordon Park, welcome to Sour Hour. Hey, man. What's going on? Jesus, it's just a mess all over the place. Just a continuous mess that this show continues 
to just extol, just just bring upon me. But let's 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 not talk about that. Um, great uh, to have you here on the show, and um, well, let's let's get into let's let's try to get into a conversation. Okay. Um, I, I don't know if I don't know if you know want to get into this, but actually, uh, you know, I wanted to talk about how when I moved back here, um. I I was thinking about maybe starting up a podcast with some friends of mine. Right, right, right. And uh, like I, I had this idea to do a podcast with you and uh, Oz Longworth, who who's been who was on the show uh, earlier. And uh, shout out to Oz. Yeah, Oz. and also like I don't know if you remember this, but like I also thought about like you, Oz, and uh, Barry Kendall, who uh, sadly uh, passed away. Uh, last last year, R.I.P. to him, and uh, like I was, you know, just just doing a podcast with a bunch of guys just hanging around talking, and we had a meeting, I believe, at a uh, you know the Peace of Mind headquarters, yeah, and uh, downtown, and you know we started talking about some stuff. We had some you know issues back and forth about how we wanted to do this, and we had we we were we're, we're going to go about doing it, and then. Uh, apparently you got in a car wreck or something and you just said like I, yeah I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do this so. yeah i did wreck my car um that summer which was like you know i mean it it felt like during that time what else could go wrong you know well you could do a radio show where uh where a lot of the controls don't work yeah and yeah. uh so there's that, but uh, I mean, but it's because you went uh, a few months later, you went ahead and started up your own podcast, the uh, Flash Gordon Park Show. Yeah, which uh, and it's funny because uh, when we started talking about doing a podcast, I want to do something more of like a weekly thing where we talk about topical issues. That you wanted it to be more, you wanted it to do a show where you know we could bank. Uh, episodes like have a backlog of episodes to do and I was just like well I mean you know I, wouldn't that throw off the uh, you know the topicality of the, you know the current uh, ness of the show right 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 and is you know if you li- I don't know if anybody listened to the Flash Gordon Park show I mean I feel like the the what you wanted to do is what you're doing with this podcast which is just uh, talking to people yeah, and just have it like a you know not, not very timely thing. We just interview people about different things. Or right. about Like, well, so the Flash Gordon Park show is uh, strictly, it's a Houston-based podcast, and it's um, it's geared to sort of um, offer a different view or perspective of Houston from many different people. You know, from diverse backgrounds, people who grew up in the city you know from childhood or transplants who moved here but immediately like connected to the culture here or you know um impacted culture somehow whether through music art or you know politics or i mean whatever the thing is that that was the goal of the show um you know like i've so let me backtrack a little bit um you know, I used to do a podcast with my brother's um, grandfather, Clock, and Soul One, called the Progress Report. Yeah, and it yeah. was it was similar to the idea that you were kind of, you know, uh, 
proposing as far as like topical and you know just three guys in the room talking about whatever whatever we could think of and yeah. just but what's interesting about that along with that you also used to do this thing i believe like what's called like extra credit yeah the extra also, credit where, where basically you were doing the same thing you're doing now on your show which is like you know it'd be a standalone episode talking mm-hmm. about talking to somebody in the community or the arts community right 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 yeah the extra credits i were doing was strictly art though like it was like pairing local artists and music so i would like play records for them and like pull out interesting covers or Mm -hmm, you know album covers that i felt like kind of fit their style or like represented something similar or something that that i felt like would um connect to their work yeah so that was like the the basis of that but but strictly what i'm doing now is just like this um preservation of 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 houston stories and and people who have impacted culture here yeah and i mean well what 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 inspired you to uh, just do a podcast of this sort whether like the, the one you're doing now or even uh, the one you were doing uh, back then. I mean, what made you want to want to go and talk to people? Um, you know, like I I listened to a lot of different podcasts. You know, ranging from you know things like uh, Quest Love Supreme, obviously uh, Combat Jack, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of like music centric uh, podcasts. And then um, you know, Brilliant Idiots. I listen to that occasionally. Um, but I wanted to, you know, I mean, we're in this era where everybody has some sort of podcast or some kind of uh, space to kind of, you know, just freely talk about their ideas and the way they feel. And most people cover, um, you know, like pop culture stuff or current events. But I wanted to do something that that was sort of uh, more more about history and more about uh like personal interest you know just mm-hmm. like interest like i'm i was interested in people with interesting stories you know like sometimes yeah. you hang out with people and they're telling your story you're like really you know like you're amazed that certain things happened or like they were they witnessed certain things and you're like man that'd be great to kind of like archive this somehow so that's that's kind of what motivated me to do what i'm doing and uh well uh yeah i mean how often uh i mean is this a weekly thing uh that you that you do like um so when when me you and oz met and i proposed like the concept of you know um recording them and like putting them in the can that's what i've been doing for my for my podcast so i'm not scrambling week to week to try to find a guest so i have several episodes already recorded and so, um, you know, that's how I'm, I'm able to have a little cushion to not scramble from week to week. Well, I mean, if well, how often do you drop? I mean, when? Is yeah, it yeah, I put one out every Friday. Every Friday. Yeah. And just how well, uh, how has the response been towards them? Um, the response has been pretty good, you know. Um, there's, a, there's a few things that I'm... Um, that I have planned for the podcast moving forward that um, I don't want to talk about too much. You know, I just, um, I definitely want people to, to experience it. But those who have listened to it, I mean, the feedback has been tremendous. You know, I appreciate the love 
you know, people enjoying it. And the important thing, people learning something, mm-hmm. you know, learning something about the city that they didn't know or people that they might know, but not know them in that way. Mm-hmm. You know, no intimate details about their lives or, you know, they only know this pers- this part of them. So I try to pull out things from from my guests that that would be intriguing, you know, overall, especially if you don't live in Houston. Like I want it to be this sort of introduction to the cool things in Houston that Houston has to offer outside of what you might think we're about. Like that's my that's my goal. I mean, you worry about the uh, show being too Houston centric. I mean, because it, it is a show where you interview a lot of people within the area, and right? And you feel, uh, I mean, is it, is it something you wonder about? Like, are you being too regional? You know, if you want to, I don't know, like if you want to build more of an outside audience, or just like you're just happy with your, what you're doing with the show. Um, I I don't feel like it's too Houston centric because a lot of a lot of the guests that have been on the show thus far have made a lot of moves outside of Houston. Mm-hmm. So it's a way to show how Houston is influencing the world. So even though these people were born here or live here, they still move across the globe in ways that impact other places other than the city. Mm-hmm. But it's also so it's a twofold thing. It's it's one to show other Houstonians like, man, look at all this, all these cool things we have here. Because I try to talk about some of the, um, you know, the hidden gems here, you know, like things that that go unnoticed or, you know, places that you might go that are really cool, but not a whole lot of people know about it. You know, so I, like I feel like Houston is just full of these kind of hidden spots you know, or hitting hidden jewels, you know, things that hide in plain sight because the city is so large and people don't take the time to really like go through and discover, you know, maybe a handful of people, but not, but not Houston at large, you know. Well, I mean, are there things that you feel that people don't know about that they should regarding Houston as you just uh, talked about yeah yeah I think it's a lot of that you know I mean, um, any specific things um I mean just just to kind of let's see uh for instance okay um you know musically right like if 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 someone moves to Houston from the east coast or the west coast or wherever right mm-hmm. their perception of Houston musically might be you know, um, of course, you know, chopped and screwed like that's that's definitely one of the things that we're known for. And, you know, we're proud of it, you know, for the most part, like everybody sort of uh, relishes in the legacy of DJ Screw and, you know, screwed up click and then Swisher House and, you know, all of the all of the things that surround that type of sound. Huh. But that's not the totality of the music here. You know, like if you. For instance, if you want to hear um, blues or Zydeco, you know, you got places like uh, the Silver Slipper in um, near Fifth Ward, right? Like that's this sort of hidden jewel of a place that not too many people know about or have ever been to experience th- this sort of authentic um, type of type of um 
sound and just culture. You know what I mean? Like just Houston has little nuggets like that that people aren't always aware of. Well, um, let's get into just who you are as a DJ. Uh, just let people know how long you've been DJing. Um, I started DJing in 2004. And what made you want to DJ? Um, so prior to DJing, I was just a huge um, record collector. Um, had a lot of different things. Um, and what got me into record collecting was just my love of, of hip-hop, right? Like, loving rap music, um, wanting to know where, where certain sources were from, you know, like uh, jazz samples that A Tribe Called Quest or Gangstar or Diggable Planets, you know, some of those groups from the early 90s and then you know stuff like Wu-Tang was sampling or you know things uh, Scarface might be sampling like just just anybody you know and um, starting to discover those like break beats and you know rare grooves and different things like that and so collecting enough of those things to the point where it was like man I got all this music that I need to find a way to share it or an outlet so that was that was like my my start as a DJ. Mm -hmm. And uh well I mean also I remember back then uh especially uh you were also a photographer. Right. I don't know if you still are a photographer because I remember last, you know, that during that time you uh dropped the book with uh, Eric Blaylock who we'll talk about uh later called uh, The Beautiful Side of Ugly. Right. Which was a very uh, big thing. Took part in. Uh, just uh, I don't know if that is. Would you say is that out of print? Uh, it is out of print. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We did that that book in two thousand and five. Yeah. We should explain the uh, beautiful side of ugly. What is because so the beautiful side of ugly was a collaboration between me and my friend Eric Blaylock, aka Quality. He wrote uh, poetry. And it, we coupled his poetry with my photographs. Mm -hmm. So throughout the book, there's instances where I may have already taken the photograph and it mm -hmm. inspired him to write a poem mm -hmm. um, based on the photo or a set of photos. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes he already had um, the poem written. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I was taking photos that kind of you know matched what he was saying or you know i i had stuff already that that he didn't he hadn't seen but it just fit perfectly so we kind of like just brought that together and aside from just uh creating the book and and self-publishing it we also had a series of events and performances um surrounding it so we would do exhibitions so yeah. my photography would be on exhib on exhibit and he would perform and one of the cool things um that he did he recruited some young musicians from HSPVA to um to play some of the sets and what was dope each set was like like a different genre mm -hmm. so and and like i would say the f definitely like the first six or seven uh exhibits 
slash performances, each one had a different theme. So one might be jazz inspired. So the the students from HSPVA would, you know, have the upright bass, you know, the jazz trio kind of vibe. And they would they would perform the poems in a jazz sort of style, you know, then the next one might be blues. So he would do the poems like a blues, like a bluesman, you know, and then rock. And like he, he just did multiple different genres and would take certain poems that he that he read that he wrote in the book and, you know, kind of design them where they fit that that particular genre so that was dope and uh eric blaylock is also known as a quality and uh he uh also is a part of a group uh called the hue and uh well it's it's kind of uh, an interesting little collective because hue came out of the hisd houston independent spit district right and uh that was a whole collective that uh, you're a part of, you know, just uh, I, 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 I'm always trying to figure out what was your place in the whole thing. Cause right, so in those in those early days, um, initially, the way it started, you know, I was cool. I was cool with equality first. Yeah, <clears throat> and then through getting to know EQ better and us working together and collaborating and getting closer. And during that process, uh, Savvy was around as well. So, you know, I, I got closer with Savvy. And uh, at the time that, like on the heels of us finishing The Beautiful Side of Ugly and us, like, just going around the city. And mind you, we, we were able to travel to other places and do some things. Shout out to my man, Dallas Jones, for connecting us and um, allowing us to go to Little Rock, Arkansas for NAACP convention one year and performing there and you know my photos were able to be um on display at the convention and got to kick it with dick gregory it was amazing oh did you so, have any bohemian diet have any what bohemian diet um well i was already vegan at at the point that i was i was hanging with with dick so but i didn't i didn't get on his uh you talking about the the smoothie he made yeah makes was, yeah i didn't have it or they still sell that I don't know. I don't think so. But yeah, so um, me being cool with EQ and Sav early on, uh, by the time, you know, Savvy met Lewis, which Elder Voice, um, who was in school at uh, Lamar University at the time, you know, they started to link up and then through through their uh, meeting, you know, that just kind of like brought everybody else. So like King Midas and his brother, Scotty Spitten, mm-hmm. came into the fold. And then the classic and Soul One. Yeah. Um, so and like. You got Grandfather Clock in there, man. Jesus. Well, he, he wasn't. Um, I'm just talking about like the musicians, oh, like okay. the, the people who were um, like they were creating music. And yeah. you know what I mean? And I was like independent of that. But uh, Sav like was bringing me around as they were recording their first um their first album mm-hmm. and uh i did the the photo i did a photo shoot for their first their first album and just through through all of that and like just being cool with that like savvy just 
kind of like brought me into the fold. And so it was kind of like early on, I was like this, um, you know, like the official, unofficial member or, or so to speak. But, you know, my role as far as 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 those in those years was strictly just documenting what they were doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was fortunate to go on, um, you know, different different trips with them when they were performing in different different places early on and just really document like the early phases of HISD. And so it's a lot of like behind the scenes stuff that I was able to capture and, you know, be there um, as they were creating some of the best music at, at that time. Yeah, he recently uh, dropped a single, which I was playing a play tonight. Yeah, but the the Eurorack isn't working again. And, um, well, a little peeved about that. Well, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean. Yeah, just, um, <laughs> well, I mean, just, I, you know, I, uh, I mean, guys been doing a lot of great music. Uh, I mean, and also, um, you know, you know, it's funny because I'm uh, surprised to get you guys get you down here. Because when I started doing this show, uh, of course, uh, we, you know, we were talking about this earlier off the air when uh, guys do straight no chaser over at the Alley Cat on Wednesdays. And right. I thought like I'll never be able to get those guys on the air because they're all down there at the Alley Cat doing stuff and. Uh, Right. That was like a thing guys did for a decade, which was just you, DJ, and Savvy, and uh, Quality would uh, MC, and y'all would just play music. Right, right. So initially it started, um, we originally started at the Tasting Room in Midtown off of Gray. And yeah, the party went on for almost 10 years, and it we ended the residency at the Alley Cat um, maybe over a month ago. Yeah, but I mean, it was a tremendous ride, man. We did a lot of great album listenings, a lot of great themes, um, you know, different battles over the years, man. Just um, it was it was definitely a fun time. Oh, uh, you're a uh, you're a very uh, popular DJ. I mean, you have a lot of uh, different uh, residencies that go on in the area, and you have a lot of uh, stuff going on this week. Uh, I believe on uh, what is it, Friday, you were uh, DJing uh, the uh, Montrose Art Party. Yeah, the, the, Marty. the Marty, the Marty, the Marty Party, and uh, and you're also uh, doing uh, something on uh, Saturday. The uh, uh, Saturday is going to be, um, I'm DJing as a part of the Bayou City Music Concert Series at the parks. So the the first one was at um, Discovery Green with uh, Bun B and Milton Hopkins. Then after that, they had Robert Glasper at Emancipation Park. Yeah. And this Saturday, May 19th, on Malcolm X's birthday will be Thunder Soul Orchestra, uh, Grady Gaines, Trudy Lynn, and yours truly playing an opening set and then in between the acts. And then also on Thursday, you got the score over at Dean's. Yes, every Thursday you could catch the score with myself, DJ Good Grief, uh, DJ Ivy, and Good Girl Mel. 
we do this uh this funky party it's like all things funky we play all types of music but the underlying theme is we just keep it funky and you know it's a real cool space if you've never been to dean's downtown it feels like i'm inviting you into my living room just to play some tunes for you so yeah man I'm, i've been real fortunate to be able to play different things around the city and and also have a diverse um diverse sets you know what i mean like each each thing i do uh is a little bit different from the last thing so that's that's important for me to just have that diversity as well, a dj well how do you get involved because it's just how you get it to the point where uh you are doing all these different sets at different parties i mean is it a word of mouth they just you know you, you go through uh, booking agent or just try to i mean just just have where did it get to the point where you're just going that people know you uh to the uh to as a dj that you're doing all these events um you know i've i often wonder like what the what the public opinion of me is in terms of like you know like because a lot of times when when you say a certain dj's name a certain style of music you know comes to mind like oh yeah he plays this or yeah he plays that you know and i might be you know known more for um you know funk and soul kind of stuff because i mean i i do love it a lot and i and i try to incorporate it a lot in my sets even when there are sets where i'm playing multiple genres you know throughout the night funk and soul to me is like just the the foundation you know what i mean like that's that's just something that's near and dear to me so i try to play you know those those pieces whether it's modern stuff or classic stuff i just try to incorporate that throughout the night but i mean throughout the years man i've um i've looked at you know certain dj heroes like you mentioned earlier dj sun who was a a guy that i definitely looked up to initially you know when i was when i was starting out just simply the way he was able to play pretty much whatever he wanted you know what i mean like he he had this lane of of being like a left of center kind of guy like you would hear things in a in a cool environment that you wouldn't normally hear in, in other places you know he, he kind of shied away from the mainstream stuff which i thought was cool but at the same time i also looked at people like you know def jam blaster and, and dj aggravated for what they was doing on a more commercial level but it was still definitely something that resonated with me particularly as a as a you know as a teenager going into college and in my young young adulthood you know I went to a lot of their parties but I I was always just a student of of music like once I once I came of age to like you know get out in the scene and see what was out there you know, it was it was a lot of different people that I looked that I looked to and and was like, OK, you know, it, it kind of gave me um, some footing of, of where I could be and, and what I could do. And so once I was able to kind of define, you know, the the type of residencies I wanted, like I, I knew for me specifically, I had to have multiple things in order to express um the music i love like i i had to find ways to get to play certain things that 
you know, I, I had to find the right avenues to play certain records that I love playing. And I've been fortunate to, to you know, finesse that over the years. Got any drunk women uh, during your sets that demand that you play something for them that you, oh, yeah. you didn't have? Give yeah. Me, give me some stories, man. Absolutely. Um, man, I always, you know, there's, there's always the chance of a drunken person coming up to you and, uh, you know, wanting, wanting you to play something like um, just just randomness. You know, most of the time when people are drunk, they, they ask you for the most random things. It's like they're not even clued in to, what, to where they are and what they're listening to. It's like, hey, do you have any Bon Jovi? You know, it's like, lady, does it look like we're playing Bon Jovi right now? You know what I mean? Like, um, I've had... In the past, I've had people offer me $100 to play Beyonce at a party that wasn't. And it's, I have nothing against Beyonce, and I do play Beyonce when the time is right, you know, in the right setting. But this particular party I was doing was not a um, necessarily about commercial artists, you know, mm -hmm. but... This one guy offered me a hundred dollars to play Beyonce, and I and I wouldn't play it because I'm a man of integrity, and <laughs> it didn't go with the theme at the time. Craig's giving me this look like. Listen, I, I, I just like. Yeah, I don't understand that. Yeah, I don't understand. Like he offered, he, did he did he show you the money? Um. Yeah. Yeah. He had the money in his hand. And you said no because you have principles. Well, it's it's that, and then it's also okay if if I took his hundred dollars and played his Beyonce, he may think that that's what it takes. You know, a hundred dollars, I will sell my soul. You know what I mean? Like he, because what 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 are you talking about? Listen, sell listen. Your soul. It's a it's a you're you're doing you're playing music. You're not. If I take his hundred dollars, he'll think he could come and tell me what to play for the rest of the night. Well, you, then you tell him, listen, you want to play another song? Give me another hundred dollars. So it's just like. But Craig, you gotta a, you gotta understand. He's the idiot. Give you a hundred dollars, like he's. I I hear you, but to avoid all of that, I I don't need his hundred dollars. I didn't. I didn't. Me coming to that venue to play what I was hired to play, his hundred dollars. I mean, it you know it'd be like icing on the cake or you know the cherry on the Sunday, but it's not. It's not gonna make or break me. Okay. Uh, yeah, just you know, uh, maybe just me because. I'm broke and I'm living with old men and just like when you, when I hear stories like that I want to just uh, smack you upside the damn head but that's just me. I oh. mean y'all got I mean you got things. I mean you all you always got things on the on the burner and I got and, uh, yeah it's just But I mean I'm just I'm just at a studio where 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 parts of the control board isn't working. So um so yeah that's that's how I'm living. But, well, I mean, you know, it's it's all about value, right? Like, I mean, and don't get me wrong, like, 
you know, money's good. You know, it's, you know, like if if he was like, um, you know, $100 to play something that was, you know, $100 play this James Brown song. Bet. Got you. You know, because that's in the wheelhouse of what we're doing for the night. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes you got to you gotta educate the crowd to let them know, like, man, this is what this is about. You know what I mean? If, if you want to hear Beyonce or Drake or, you know, Rihanna or whatever. You, you actually expect the crowd to think that way? As somebody who's been in the presence of DJs and nightclubs right. where everybody's just drunk and wanted and just all, all passing out each other and just like there's always that one girl who, who falls over uh like a whole table of drinks and her and her breast pops out there's always like one girl gets so drunk she she falls somewhere and her breast pops out you 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 expect them to 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 uh uh vibe with uh the music you're playing for that particular evening yeah and I mean, if 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 that's not for them, then guess what? There's a million other places that will play. You know, that, and that's and that's the importance of all of this. That's why I do the podcast to show people that, hey, this is what we're doing over here. Mm-hmm. You know, this this is these are the guidelines, right? It's like it's like if you go into. Um, you know, I don't know, Long John Silver trying to order a, a hamburger, right? You're not going to do that, right? They don't sell hamburgers at Long John Silver? Do they? I don't know. I, actually, I don't know. I was asking you. You know, I mean, if you, if, if you go to a seafood restaurant looking for tacos, you know what I mean? Like, Well, they do sell fish tacos at a seafood place. Looking for stir fry. You know what I mean? Like, look... You know when you go to a certain restaurant what you're what you're coming to eat. You know what I mean? You don't go to McDonald's asking for a Whopper. Is that a better analogy? I know I'm 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 being terrible with these food analogies, obviously. Well, yeah, but that's that's the problem. Like no, well, you know, at McDonald's, you know, you know, if there's a McDonald's open at two two a.m., you you know it's gonna be full of drunk people. Asking for this and asking for that, and I've seen World Star videos of people asking for weird. Right. Go to a McDonald's, ask for weird stuff. So there's no. I mean, there are those people, but they're you know. But if you like, if you know in McDonald's and know what it is, right, and know the whole setup, like they have the Big Mac, they have all exactly. This stuff. They have the McRib mm-hmm. in some areas. The so McRib is back. Yeah, but like if you, if if like if people go to a club or a party or whatever and they see a DJ. They just aut- and just automatically assume, oh, it's a DJ, so he's basically a human jukebox, and that's always the thing that like I've always talked to with DJs. Be, you know, DJs are always they 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 have that chip on their shoulder. I'm not saying you have a chip on your shoulder, just like they know that they are open uh, to be that in the in the eyes of people like people just like hey play that music that i like uh human jukebox right right and i mean and and that's a part of the problem right because a dj isn't a jukebox you know 
and th- and this is what I'm talking about as far as educating the crowd. Like they need to be educated on the etiquette of DJ culture. Like what what is uh, permitted and what isn't permitted. Like I'm not I'm not one of those DJs that's anti requests. I'll take requests, but it has to fit what we're doing. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if if you have a good request, that's because a lot of times people aren't paying attention to what's going on. Mm-hmm. That's when you get people asking for Bon Jovi and it's a house night, mm-hmm. you know, or, you or know, just drunk. Well, I mean, this yeah. it could be drunk or it could just be clueless. Like you're not plugged into where you are and what's going on. Yeah. Like if you're at a venue and there's a certain style of music being played, what, what, what makes you think you're so entitled to go up to the DJ and he's supposed to stop what he's doing to accommodate yours, what you want, you alone, when other, you know, there are other people enjoying what's going on at the current time, but you want that all to stop for him to pay attention to you. That's that's what needs to change as far as this young entitlement. You know, they need to learn, like, that's not how this works. Yeah, well, I mean... I, I hear you. I understand, but just, right. And I mean, hey, dude, I I don't know if you listen to the show. Just like people, you know, just there's just I don't know. If there's this epidemic of white women just call just calling the cops on black people just just napping. So like, we we just live in a heavily entitled culture. That's the sad part. Well, now. yeah, yeah. I mean, we all know that, and you know we you know we're very well aware of like all these things that happen because of social media right like we getting we getting news at a rapid pace so we know the issues but the problem is we there has to be a some accountability right somebody has to have morals and standards and you know what i mean like nah man that's not acceptable no your hundred dollars will not sway me to you know what i mean to do something that isn't appropriate at the time you know i'm not gonna and that's what i mean when i say sell out like i'm not gonna just all right forget it like forget everything that we've been working towards here let me just take this you know this and and this you know it's a it's a fleeting thing you know i mean it it won't last you know so but but like i say I, i do take requests like if you have a, a good request you know some if you're asking for music that fits what we're doing i gladly play it yeah. you know all right well uh, we're about to close out here uh where can people reach you and just and, and also just let people know what you're doing the, you know in the next seven days oh um you can reach me on twitter and instagram at flash g parks on Facebook, it's Flash Gordon Parks. You gotta have the whole name, mm-hmm. um, like a tribe called Quest. Goes together. Yeah. Um. Uh, in the next seven days, I got Deans. I got the Art League, Marty Party. I got. I'll be out in Sugarland, um, Friday night at um, the Refinery, mm-hmm. playing some. Uh, playing all vinyl some some classic hip-hop yeah up in there um 
on Saturday, I mentioned I'll be opening up for Thunder Soul Orchestra, Grady Gaines, Trudy Lynn. Yeah. And Sunday, I'll be at Little Dipper downtown off of uh, Maine playing blues. Okay. So. And and where can people listen to the Flash Gordon Park show? Uh, you can go to mixcloud.com uh, slash Flash G Parks. All right. And that's every Friday. Every Friday. All right, um, I'm gonna leave. Um, I'm I'm kind of disgusted. So about how all this came down. Not your fault, Flash. You you're great, but just how this whole thing just always seems to fall by the wayside. So yeah, this is uh, Craig D. Lindsay saying, uh, Sarah Huckabee. I hope one day you'll let uh, brother, um, uh, you know, suck on your toes with duck sauce. That's always been a dream of mine to get a uh, middle-aged white girl to, to, to let me suck on her toes with duck sauce, but yeah, that's, that's all I got. See ya.